Walgreens knows you need your medications, but sometimes what you really need is a prescription for more time with your family or friends or just more time to do what you want on a Saturday afternoon. That's why Walgreens offers same-day prescription delivery to where you are. So you can get more than just your meds. You can get your prescription to save time at the pharmacy. And when you have pharmacy questions, which, let's face it, we all do, Walgreens will be there for you with a helpful 24-7 pharmacy chat. So when you need to know, which med do I take before bed again? Or is it safe to have a glass of wine with my prescription? You can ask a Walgreens pharmacy expert that question, no matter where you are or what time of day it is. And that gives you more than just answers. It gives you your prescription for peace of mind. Delivery is available on eligible prescriptions only. See details at walgreens.com forward slash prescription delivery. Welcome to Dear Young Queen, the podcast. Hey. <laughs> Hit the shoulders. Hit the shoulders. We're back. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm mad that was our real intro music. Listen, you are happy. I receive no, it. I got one. I we got are one. a work in progress. Opening and all. Welcome to another episode of Dear Young Queen Work in Progress featuring me, Ashley. And S. Tia Brown. That's me. That's her. Licensed therapist, life coach, and really nice woman. Yeah. I'm a good person, y'all. Exactly, exactly. So what we have here is a new audio only episode series of Dear Young Queen. Tia is a licensed therapist and Boom. life coach. Boom who is going to help us look at some of the topics in each of these episodes and explore them a little bit deeper to take each of the women that we highlight on Dear Young Queen and dig a little into the whys and the hows of why women end up feeling like this, how we get in ourselves into these situations. And most importantly, in Tia's world, is then providing ourselves with tips, tools, and ways to um, to take these lessons and, and use them in our lives moving forward. I really just have a passion for helping people. And I'm so happy to be able to work with the Dear Young Queen audience. Right? Yeah. And I say work because that's what we're here to do. We're here to give practical life tips and skills to help people, uh, you know, lead better lives. Yeah, I love it. And on this episode, we had athlete, boy mom wifey, investor, and the brand ambassador of The Flowery, Miss Faith Haslamon. It was so great having her on and feels a little bit timely with the end of the NBA season. Let's talk about it. Faith Haslam was lucky enough to meet her partner in college. She she met him um, in the dorms. I remember her yeah, telling her story. In the quad. Yes. Like in the quad area. Yes, yes, yes. People always run with this like, is love at first sight a real thing? Right. Mm. I don't know that necessarily falling in love at first sight is a real yeah. thing, but there was a moment that now 21 years later, you can still, like you said, mm-hmm. vividly, vividly point out the moment seeing him walk across that grass. Just an interest being sparked. A moment that I very like vividly remember like that's that beautiful. first time, to your point, a first time of just really noticing him. I think that's real though, because I don't know, Lex, I'm going to challenge you to think about this too. The only person that I've been in love with that I feel like truly loved I can still remember the first three minutes of spending time in his presence. Like I just Mm -hmm. truly, really remember that. And there'll be other guys who I really like and enjoy, but I can't pinpoint that first moment. I could be like, we were friends with, or you knew so-and-so, right? And like, you can kind of find the beginning. But the one person I truly loved in my life, I can tell you 
like how I turned around to see the curtain open. I remember. I agree. Like, I can't explain it that well, I but I remember too. the yeah. direction. Like if we were to Absolutely. go back to campus, I'd be like, I was walking this way. Yeah. You were coming this way. I did too. We look like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. 100%. It just is a memory. I could tap into that too because I very, very vividly remember the first time that I saw my ex. Like it was... Yes, I can remember the day. I remember what I had on. I remember what he had on. And, you know, it might not be love at first sight, but you're at the right place at the right time. I'm I'm a true believer of that. Exactly. She was able to meet her partner, fall in love, date, get married, start a family, all those beautiful things from college. Yeah. But those college relationships for most women... (laughs) They're not your forever. They're not your forever partner. I will say I do have a handful of friends who met their person in college or high school and are still married. What's a handful? Four or five. I'm trying to think of all the people off the top of my head. So I know I know four and I got a possible. I feel like there's someone else that I'm forgetting. Yeah. But so four and a possible. Was this they met in undergrad mm-hmm. or grad? Undergrad. And I have one friend who met her husband in ninth grade. My partner at RSG. RSGtherapy.com is the website. Check <laughs> it out. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> my other partner met her husband in undergrad. And one of my other best friends met her husband freshman year of college. I remember saying, don't date him, girl. He's he been wild. Because she came <laughs> second semester. And first semester, he was acting a damn fool. I was like, girl, you dating him? And then she locked him down. She and I were were met in high school. So we were best friends really from like ninth grade, 10th grade. And we went for a walk in D.C. And she was like, he said he's going to change. And I believe him. And I've always been a hopeless romantic. I was like, well, there's nothing you could do. Let's ride it out. And now, you know, they have family. They have two kids. And he's like a brother. Like, you know, I'm not going to say it happens for everyone. I'm saying it does happen for some people. You know, people will say, oh, you have to date other people in order to grow. That's not always the case. Sometimes you meet your person. And I feel like if you're lucky enough to meet your life partner, soulmate, and they're in a good place, they value you, they they see you, they honor you, why? Why why not roll with it? Enjoy your happily ever after. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like there is nothing more than you want in a relationship than to be totally comfortable in yourself and who you are. And when you're able to grow with someone from that young age, you get to work out those kinks with that person. You have growing pains. And I'm sure there's, as Faith will say, there are plenty of difficult moments when you've been in a relationship with someone for 20 years, right? Naturally. But you get to do it with someone, with somebody. One of the things of not only having clients, but witnessing firsthand these relationships People go through so much stuff that they don't talk about when you talk about the 20 years or the yeah. 25 years. Infidelity, financial infidelity, um, you're not always growing at the same time. Michelle uh, Obama had this clip talking about how she didn't like Barack for 10 years, yep. you know? Yep. Um, so people are going through all of these things in long-term relationships. But what they're not going through is having someone quit on them. And, you know, one of the things that she says is like, I didn't like Barack and- the thing that I hear, though, is that I loved him and I was committed to the relationship. I still believed in him. Yeah. And I believed in us. Yeah. And I think that those are the things that people need to hear as well. It's not It's not like she stayed because, oh, my gosh, like I knew that this was going to be the ending. It's that she had faith and she continued to do the work. I, I remember reading her first book and she talked about 
going to therapy and realizing the change wasn't going to be him. The change had to be her. Yeah. Changing her expectations of what her happiness was going to be if she wanted to be in this relationship. Her relationship was going to look different than what she imagined. And people don't pay attention to that part. It's a lot of a lot of things that you cope with that you don't think are part of the dream at all. Yeah. People think I'm being catty by saying this. It's like there were 10 years when I couldn't stand my husband. Yeah. You, you know? do say that. You <laughs> say that. 10 long years. And guess when it happened? When those kids were little, right? Mm-hmm. And for 10 years, while we're trying to build our careers and, you know, worrying about school and who's doing what and what, what you know, I was like, oh, this isn't even. 10 years, we've been married 30. Wow. I would take 10 bad years over 30. It's just how you look at it, mm. right? And people give up for the set, five years. I can't take it. How it do you bad. know? What is the... Because sometimes... You got to sh- know your person. Do you like mm-hmm. him? I mean, you right. could be mad at him, but do you still look at him and go, I, I'm not happy with you, but I respect you? But those five to 10 years that you hate him are not easy to work through and grind through. So when I look at people like Faith, who have not only the challenges of a spouse who is a professional athlete, she has the challenges of deciding to leave a career behind to be a stay-at-home mom and support him in all of her dreams. Like Faith had a career and this was a choice she made. Yeah, This is someone that literally said, I can't be the best version of support and a partner that my partner needs without making this choice. And she made a choice and has really lived in it, excuse me, in the most beautiful way to me, because this is the same dream she had at 18 for her career, she had for her relationship. That's She's, a deep one, right? Yes, saying? because people have to choose yes. at different seasons. Yes. And so when I have clients who are mommies and also partners and also career people, my question is, and I, and I try to limit the judgment. What is most important right now? Because you can't do all three, right? And if you have small children, especially, you know, and uh, our forever first lady spoke to this, there's a season that the most important thing is pouring into them. It goes from having to be there to literally wipe their butts to teaching them how to be. Yeah. You're instilling character. You're instilling confidence. You're teaching these kids how to read, right? And you can't do that at 100% if you are also trying to pursue a high-level executive job. Correct. And also, you know, be a wife on a 10, right? So we have to be really realistic about that. I I find a lot of people feel like they're failing if they're not doing all three things at the same time. I think that Faith would sit across from us and say that her relationship would not have survived if she did not choose to dedicate her life to her family. Right. And I and I think that it's very hard for a lot of women to admit that. Yeah. And you, number one, I tell my clients, you have to know what kind of spouse you have because some men cannot tolerate mm-hmm. their woman being the person to go out there and get it on that level, especially when you have small kids. And it's not a judgment on them. It's just the truth. And it's if you want that man, then what is the compromise that you're willing to Correct. make? The second thing is, and I should have said this first, (laughs) but if you decide to be a mother, what does being a mother mean to you? We try not to have judgment, right? Because some moms 
don't want to be the hand on hands on mom, but someone's going to have to do it. Yeah. So if you decided that that's not what you want to do, what who and what is put in place to help foster these children as they are going through the most vulnerable years of their lives? I say kudos to Faith because she made a choice that she wanted. And I think a lot of women feel like they don't have the space to have that choice. When we talk about people who have partners with exceptional jobs and careers, like, you know, even though we didn't know that Barack Obama was going to become president, he was clearly a star and something major was going to happen to them for him, even though Michelle was also exceptional. Barack was a standout. Yeah. Similar with Faith, like you have this man where it's clear that something big is going to have to happen. And so you have to make a decision on how to support him. I think it's easier when your husband or your partner is like someone who's like a standout, right? Yeah, like yeah. a superstar in their own right. Like Barack, yep. we already knew. He, we didn't know he would be president. But, you know, if you read his memoirs, if you read her books, to hear them talk, he was a star from the time he went to Harvard. Like yeah. it was clear yeah. something's going to special was going to happen for him. Similarly with Faith, yeah. her husband, you know, he was a professional athlete. Yeah. So like you have the financial resources to a certain extent. You also have the confidence that something bigger is going to manifest. Not to say it's the easiest choice because both of their partners, like the women themselves, were also ambitious, but it's easier to relax that life is still going to be good in some ways. Your stressors are going to look different. I think it's a little bit harder when you're in the middle American space, right? Where you have been grinding, you know, you want to have this career, you know, you both are doing well. And it's it's a bigger sacrifice because it feels like a bigger part of your life, and it won't there won't be a compensation that looks the same way. Like right. you're not going to yeah. be the first lady. You're not going to be sitting in the front row. I don't you know I don't know that much yeah. about sports, so yeah. you know you're not going to be get you're not going to have those wins. So you have to decide what's important for you, and 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 figure out what your wins are going to look like. One in eight, that's how many people have worked at McDonald's and where some have continued their career. Where graduates of McDonald's Career Online High School program are now role models leading the next generation. Where aunties, uncles, cousins, and communities learn skills they can use in every aspect of life. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. One in eight have worked at McDonald's and where you start stays with you. I think that if you decide to be a stay-at-home mom and that's where you want to stay, that's okay. Like, I I, I reject Mm -hmm. the idea that everybody's ambition looks the same way, especially because being a stay-at-home mom, if you're doing it well, is a hard-ass job. It's a hard-ass job. You know, like managing, being the CEO of the house, being responsible for what, what feels like other people's happiness specifically the kids, requires mm. a lot of and your husband. negotiation and sacrifice. I think the most important part here, and this is going to be very like selfish geared towards the woman, is figuring out what you want. Because some people are stay at home and they want to come out of that role as the kids get older, and some people may want to stay. You know, I think that you need to understand what your family needs mm-hmm. and, and, and be in open communication about moving forward with those things. Now, something that I've been seeing a lot with my clients is, because I deal predominantly with African-American women, is that the man wants the wife to work. And if if she takes off some time, it's looked at as, as a short break. But there's this expectation that there will be dual income in the household. What I 
try to explore is where does that anxiety come from? When we talk about like cultural competency, you know, we have to look at like, what are the pressures that the black family has on them? We always talk about building wealth. I hate that term because we're really talking about financial stability. And the truth is that you may be, you and your cousins might be the first people who are really building financial stability. And so we try to, to talk through like, well, what does that mean? Right. So it's not an attack on the woman necessarily. It's also his own anxiety. Well, that's what I was going to say to like even make it simpler. It's just like also black men not feeling like once they've done something right, getting used or abused for it. Right. Or having it taken from them. Right. Because right. they had to work double as hard, triple as hard. I'll be damned if you just come in here and reap the benefits of all my hard work and are not doing it too. And so I think it's even deeper to them being so used to seeing their mothers and their grandmothers have to grind it all out, that that's the expectation for what an upstanding woman would do. And this is why it's important to have these kinds of conversations with your partner, because we know these are a lot of our stories, but we don't know where the intersections lie for the individual. Yeah. Right. And like, so you may have a husband who's experienced all of those things or none of those things. He could be a miser. And just be like, we all got to work because, you know, he may <laughs> he may just have an anxious relationship with money in general. Like he had both parents and he can, you know, like, so it's really important to understand your partner's relationship with money. And then you guys figure out what makes your relationship tick financially. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you may be doing well, but it doesn't translate into the emotions that people have around money. And their relationships. Yeah. How it plays into their relationships. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's tough. I have this Dear Young Queen meme that says, I want to be a successful, independent boss, babe, but I also want to be a trophy wife that does Pilates and brunches on the weekends. Yeah, I love that there's so much more content about what it truly means to be an independent woman and and some of the maladaptive coping mechanisms that women have to being abandoned, to being financially stressed, the bad habits you pick up just being single for a long time. Ugh. Well, I, I'm going to have to, where I have to call Faith and ask her if she could leave the people with like two or three tips on uh, yeah. <laughs> on what it means to, to maintain. The inspiration from others drive us forward. Their resilience pushes us to excel, and their path navigates the way towards freedom. Ford is proud to celebrate Black history, not just this month, but year-round. They're committed to being the fuel for change by supporting Ford Fund programs centered around economic, educational, and empowerment opportunities for our communities to continue creating the future. Learn more at FordFund.org. Built Ford Proud. When you said the content that you like coming out that you're enjoying seeing, I'm also really enjoying the narrative shift that I've watched you defend a couple times, even in this recording, on what it means to be a housewife. Yeah, I've always been pro-housewife. So let me tell you this. Yeah. I do not have children. I had a, I have my baby. My, I have a little brother yeah. who is 10 years younger than me. So okay. I was what seemed to many as a teenage mother, yeah. right? Because my mom worked, my parents divorced. So I understood what it took to be a mom in terms of your time. So when all of my friends were getting pregnant in their 20s, I was like, y'all need nanny money. Y'all need nanny money, right? Like, you're not going to be able to do this and go to work. Who stayed home? Who is just chilling with this baby? You know, um, because they need the time. And I always say, like, you know, I had a lot of responsibility with him, but my mother paid all the bills. (laughs) (laughs) So I was a stay-at-home teenager (laughs) 
You know, I got my little allowance. The stay-at-home teenage mom. So, you know, and my mother was a great mom. So, but it's just, it it is different. So I've always been, my attitude has always been, I I never, before we had the language, I believed in the soft life. Yeah. And my friends who were able to get nannies, I was like, kudos. My friends who transitioned to nannies, kudos. My clients, I'm always like, okay, so what's the nanny budget like? What is the, who, who's the auntie, the grandparent who can come and stay overnight? Yeah. What can we shift to make sure you have the space to be? And then a lot of people don't live near their family. Man. So there's not a lot of swapping. You know, when I grew up, my whole family, I'm from Brooklyn. My whole family, we lived in Brooklyn. So yeah, I was yeah. with my grandparents yeah, yeah. or I was with my, like, I, there was no need for a babysitter, right? Yeah. We were all together, but most people don't live like that anymore. Yeah. Knowing Faith, it was also probably a major piece of her decision as well, particularly when they had kids, being away from her sister and her mom and her closest people to say like, nah, I really got to be here for my babies. Like, Absolutely. It's got to be. Even as you talk about nannies, I feel like nannies, even when I was growing up, the idea of having a nanny almost meant you didn't care about your child. So I think that that is a cultural thing because I also have like, you know, Caribbean background and my grandmother also like took care of children. I never looked as having support as being a less than or not having a hands-on relationship with your kids. Okay. I think we look at that because of, you know, the stereotype of the very rich woman who's detached and on meds and unhappy with her life. But really in terms of having that support in your house, it is a way to create space for you and your spouse to stay connected, create space for you to practice self-care, yep. and create space for you to enjoy loving on your children so you're not just focused on survival. And what do I mean by that? If you have to wash butts, cook dinner, clean the house, suck a dick, and wash your you're own You're not ass, washing your face before bed. Right, you're just not like, going to do but it. But also you become <laughs> bitter because the other thing that people don't talk about is no after you have a baby, your body's healing, your hormones are going crazy, and you're not sleeping. And it, and it doesn't stop. Like, the child just gets older. It's not like you ever get a chance to play catch-up. Yeah. Right? And kids aren't really sleeping the first year on a regular basis. And they're interrupting your sleep definitely the first five years. Dead. Right? So, Maybe like, let's... seven let's, if you're me. Right. Let's put this in context. Yeah. And then, let's say you have multiple kids. So, you have kid one... Maybe two, three years later, you have kid two. Like, this is a stacked on. When do you have time to catch up on rest? When do you have time to practice, to to think about your stressors in a way besides just responding, to create strategy? This is the space that having that support creates. So then here's the question. Do you feel like whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a professional working yes. mom, that yes. there is still space for a nanny? Yes. In your- I already knew where you are going. Absolutely. If you can afford it, you should get it. Yeah. If you can cut something out of your budget, you should get it. And you should also be very selective about the type of nanny you pick. The nanny is more for you (laughs) than for anybody else, right? Because you're looking for someone who who wants your happiness, who wants to be supportive, and who wants to help you. I remember they had one of the Sex in the City movies, and Charlotte was like, I'll cry if the nanny leaves more than if my husband leaves. Right? So you're picking someone who's invested in making everybody's life easier starting with, with you. With you. Yep. You're right. You're so right. Right. On that. And who 
wants you to enjoy spending time with your kids. Being a stay-at-home mom does not mean that you have more time for yourself. No, it means you have less because it is a 24-7 job. And the expectations are different as well. The expectations that you're always available, that you're always going to be on. Yep. There's not an expectation that you deserve or need relief. Yep. Um, and the, and there's an expectation that everything be done. So yeah. the house should be clean. The kids should be prepared. The running around should be done. The food should be done. Yeah. So yeah, get support. Yeah. Get. And, and, and one of the things, you know, again, because a lot of, and I'm not saying all of us, but a lot of us are coming from maybe environments where we didn't have access to these things. Mm-hmm. I don't I think that it's important to think about how you can readjust your finances to make space for support. So yeah. what I encourage my clients to do is you don't have to have a full-time person, but you can have a regular babysitter that comes in and helps. Yeah. You can have a regular person that comes in and cleans. What can I give up in my budget to accommodate that? Yeah. You know, maybe I don't eat out as much. Maybe I I don't get a new car that I want to get. You know, I wait on doing that. Maybe I sell some shit I have in my closet and create a budget. Maybe for my baby shower, I create a nanny fund to help give me some padding. You know, like, so think about the interesting ways you can do it. Or maybe I just cry and give an extra blowjob to make my husband come up off that cash. (laughs) Right? Whatever. Whatever you got to do. Maybe I go into my personal savings and say, I'm going to practice the ultimate act of self-care and put 10K aside for this support. Yeah. You know, figure out where the money needs to come from and make it happen because your mental health is the most important thing. Yeah. We talk about self-care. I think a lot of times people are thinking like, oh, it means you got to go get a mani-pedi or a massage. No, I'm talking about time to be reflective, time to be away from someone who's screaming so you can recalibrate, time for you to think about your stressors and come up with an action plan to cope with them, time to freaking sleep. Yeah, word. You know, and recalibrate. Fatigue is a very big thing when you have small children and the lack of sleep. Yeah, yeah. Is not only disorienting, it adds on to your stress. So, yeah, taking care of yourself for real. Definitely. Stay-at-home mom, career woman, whichever way, whichever way you're approaching it. Here at Dear Young Queen, we say, go get yourself a nanny. Girl. <laughs> go get yourself a nanny. And they say, every every good woman needs a wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your nanny's going to be your wife. Yeah. This episode of Dear Young Queen is presented by American Express. Listen, it's summertime, which means it's time to get outside and enjoy life to the fullest. I don't know about you, but for me, summer is the time I like to plan all my trips and get all my big events on the calendar. I'm really trying to get outside this summer, and I'm not letting this good weather go to waste. There's so many things to look forward to, and I know with American Express, it'll be that much better. Whether it's seeing my favorite artist in concert or booking that girl's trip I've been trying to plan forever. I know Amex has got my back so I can make this my best summer yet. You're a member when every day is a new adventure. American Express, don't live without it. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ooh, do you remember the first time you saw a person that you so Dude. I actually shared my uh, my story on the show. Ooh. I wanted to ask you. Oh, do I? Tia, do you remember the first time you saw the first person you fell in love with? I do. I call him Black History because he's never to be repeated. Come on. Uh, you know, we still like from Love Jones. <laughs> Come on, put him on your phone but like that. No, no. This is years ago, years no, ago. I, I do remember him when I met this person. 
I understood why people wanted to be married mm. just by how I felt. Now, I don't have shame in saying I loved him. It was not a healthy love. And I learned so much from that. But I do remember the moment. I was hosting a friend's event and he walked across while I had the mic. I looked at him and I said, I got a special prize for you. See? And everybody was like, what? <laughs> also, I'm historically like straight laced and not yeah. really fresh with guys. Yeah. And I didn't, I couldn't even control it. Like I just said that. And I was like, and everybody was like, what is going on? But I remember, I remember also the first time that we kissed, I felt like literally my spirit leapt. That's the best way I could, because it wasn't butterflies. Like I, when I really like someone, I never feel nervous, but I felt like something like just in my body. Yeah. I was like, oh shoot, yeah. you know? And that kept me in an unhealthy cycle for many years. For years. And so it was still a beautiful experience. I wish it was a shorter experience in my life, <laughs> but yeah. it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that there is something special when you see someone and you you just know there's something there. I love to say, like, our spirits knew each other. Yeah. It's so wild. I don't think I've had that experience in a very long time. Yeah. It's been a while. But I do believe it to be true. And I don't know if I haven't had that experience in a long time because my actual experience in dating is now jaded and I don't know if I believe. You know what I mean? I'm not sure yeah. if that's why I haven't experienced it. Or if I just, maybe I had that one time love experience where I, where my soul leapt. And maybe that's not my forever experience. I'm still flushing out shit like that, but it's like, maybe everybody, maybe the people that you're meant to be with or in love with won't make you, your heart or your soul leap. Or maybe you won't remember that first time, but maybe you'll grow into this magical love that's deeper than any of these more frivolous, unhealthy, instant spark. I think that there's a difference between having chemistry with someone and feeling connected to someone. I do think that sometimes the person you feel very connected to, they're not in the right life phase when you meet, or this isn't your journey to be with them this time around. Interesting. But- I do believe that there are people that you will meet and you will just know that you are connected. I I met someone, I think now it was like a year ago, and I wasn't really liking him that much. Like yeah, He was yeah. a little arrogant, successful guy. And he came to my apartment to hang out and we were dancing. And when our chakras aligned, I was like, what is going on? You're almost like the breath out of your like. And we had a, we we kissed. Yeah. It was nice, and we had kissed before, and it was cool. But I was like, "There's something here," and we, you know, nothing became of it. But I was like, "I know, I knew him. Interesting. I knew our, and but I just think that it wasn't our time, it wasn't our season, our journey. But there, there are people you're going to meet, and you realize like there's something special there. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't necessarily think that that something special always means a relationship. So I think also the thing you're talking about is like they have this thing with soulmate versus life partner. Yes. Like your life partner is the person that you think you practically can actually do life you can thrive with. with. Yes. But your soulmate can be a life partner, but sometimes you're not meeting your soulmate in a phase or a journey where they can be. When Faith met Udonis across that quad. That was a meeting of a life partner and a soulmate. Yeah. And it's and it's a blessing yes. to meet 
both the per, both identities or both things at the yes. same time. But I also I want to speak life to you. Yeah. Like I don't want you to give up on the on the fact that you can meet someone who's both. No, I think God will put it in my life if it's yeah. meant to be that person. Yeah. But I don't think that in the meantime that you should not keep your eyes and your heart open to people that might make incredible life partners. Yeah, and that that they don't make you jump in a certain way. And that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, that I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes so sometimes people are focused on the ideals of romantic love more you. so than the, the... I call it feeling versus function. And the ideal thing that you want to make a relationship work is both feeling and, and function. function. Right? And so sometimes that soul leaping out of your chest, though, is just feeling. Yeah. And and sometimes your soul leaps out of your chest and it's not even a soulmate. It is <laughs> other things, right? So we have to so be yeah. mindful of all of the energy that that is exchanged. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes we can meet people and they make us feel a certain way and we don't understand what it is. And because we romanticize love and relationships, we jump to conclusions before yeah. seeing what this is. Yeah. That's deep. It is. But Faith Lucky. Yeah. She, she got, got feeling and function. And, and we we wish that on to everyone. Amen. Amen. Again, watching this Faith episode, I, it restored my belief in love. love. Love at first sight. In the words of Devante Swing, yeah. do you believe in love and the promise that it gives? I say I do. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> But Faith believes in it, and that's as important. I can't wait to talk to you about the next episode, girl. Yeah, I can't wait. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Cartier, Rolex, Gucci, Prada, Jordan, Adidas, Bottega, Veneta. At eBay, it's real. Or it's getting the fake out. eBay's team of luxury authenticators are making sure you never get faked over again. Watches inspected by watch aficionados. Sneakers checked by legit sneakerheads. Handbags examined by handbag connoisseurs and jewelry in the scope of expert gemologists. These authenticators are leaders in their fields with meticulous eyes, making sure your piece arrives as authentic as your style and worthy of your collection. As experts, they know the true difference between a real and a fake. Real carries that rare, distinguished feel. The weight of pure platinum, the exquisite scent of Togo leather, the tight stitching on a pair of dunks, the brilliance of real diamonds. So rest assured. Your Rolex moves just like a Rolex should, and that colorway on your Jordan Royales will always be on point. The details, inspected. The fakes, rejected. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms.